Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I am so glad, as I always am, to be here with you. Let me just say, if my voice is sounding raggedy, it's because it's raggedy. I have, (laughs) it's the worst thing to happen for a podcaster because you need your voice. So I had a sinus infection, a verified sinus infection that I've had all week. And I've taken medication and I've done all those things. But if my voice sounds a little different this week compared to any other time that you have listened, I apologize ahead of time because it is what it is. But you know what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful to still have a voice that I can use and I'm grateful to just be able to come back and have another podcast. If this is your first time listening to Conversations with Toy, I am Toy and I welcome you to this podcast. We talk about mental health, wellness, relationships, social media, foolery and all of the above. We talk about it all. And I'm glad that you're in this space because I hope that this is a safe space that you're listening to. If I feel like there's ever a trigger warning, I will attempt to give as many trigger warnings as I possibly can because I think it's important to know what you're getting into before you listen to a podcast. Last week, we talked about Mother's Day and this Sunday is obviously the actual Mother's Day. And like I said last podcast, Mother's Day means a lot to different people. For Mother's Day, some people are extremely excited to celebrate their mothers. Their mothers are here on Earthside. They can't wait to shower their mothers. And then there are the people who grieve. They grieve the fact that their mother is not here Earthside. They have transitioned and they're not here. So they, they long for their loving, to have their loving mother to be here. There's another set of grief that happens at Mother's Day. There's people who don't have the love of their mother. They're meaning their mother has not transitioned. She's very much earthside, but you don't have a relationship with her. She could be a toxic mom. She could just be a mom you just don't get along well with. Maybe she didn't raise you. There's a lot of things happening. Fourthly, there are people who grieve this time because they may have lost a child. And so if they've lost a child and they no longer feel like they're a mother, they grieve or if they desire to have children and that just has not happened yet or they've come to the realization that it's not going to happen it doesn't make mother's day any easier so be kind be kind to one another because you don't know where people fit you don't know where people are and i would caution anyone not just for mother's day but for every day please stop asking women when are they going to have children you have no idea the struggle that somebody may be going through You have no idea. Um, Newlywed couples, stop allowing people to ask you when you're going to have a baby, right? I know that people mean well, like their hearts, and I sound all congested and stuff, like people mean well, sound all weird, but they do mean well. Their heart is in the right place. But let married people enjoy their marriage. Let me just keep it real, okay? As a married woman, I love all three of my beautiful babies. But if I could go back and do it again, I would have had children maybe one to two years, if not two years after I had my, after I was married. And the reason is, is because you want to have that time to enjoy your husband. You want to be able to have all the sex that you want and enjoy all of the holidays that come along. And you want to be able to christen your house and do the things you want to do. That may be a little bit TMI for some people, but here we keep it real. And the other part of that is you just want to enjoy the fact that you don't have to go find a babysitter, right? And you're not having to figure out another life before you do whatever you do. So let married people, whether they just got married or they've been married for 10 or plus years, if they do not have children, it's a reason for it. It could be simply they don't want to have children. It could be simply they're trying to have children and they can't. But whatever it is, let's just let grown people be grown right? You grown and you're going to try to push somebody to have a baby right after they get married, knowing the struggles you had when you was trying to figure out this new life. 
Listen, I encourage people who want to be married to go ahead and get married, but marry the right person. Because even if you married the love of your life, you still have to adjust this new title, right? This new lifestyle, this checking in with one another, this making sure everything is everything. You know, having your me time, having your couple time, having his time, having your... Y'all, stop lying to these married people, to these people that's about to get married. Stop lying to them. If you had the opportunity, I'm sure you would want to go back and put a little bit of distance so you can just simply enjoy. So stop pushing other people to join, you know, whatever lifestyle you're doing. And I'm not saying that your lifestyle, doing it the way you're doing it, like I've done it, is, is not happy or it's not a good thing. But you know, if we keep it real, it's a lot of work to start adding children into the mix. And some people struggle their first year of marriage and that first year of marriage, you don't want to have to be, you know, oh, I'm pregnant. Now I'm having these emotions and these um, hormones going around and I'm trying to, you know, see how my husband likes his grits and not don't do it. Leave folks alone. Stop asking people when they're going to get, have a baby. Stop asking people when they're going to get married. These are things that you ain't going to put a coin behind. You are not going to pay for somebody to get married. Nine times out of 10, it's the ones asking the questions that ain't got a dollar to their name. That ain't going to help you do a thing, right? So let's keep it real. Leave people in your uteruses alone. People are having a struggle time during this time of the year and let people do that in peace. If you can't offer, a, we going to pray for your baby. It's going to be all right. You can't offer that. Keep it moving, right? Just keep it moving. Some of y'all just invasive. Y'all just want to know information just for the sake of information. You could care less. You don't really have a stake in the argument. You just want to know if there's an argument happening. You need to go ahead and see somebody for that. You, you got some problems going on, on the inside, right? And I ain't saying I ain't never been there in my twenties, but some of y'all plus y'all 40 and plus, it's always the old school ones doing the most, right? You can't say everything that come out of your mouth. And I'm not telling you to taper yourself because some folks is like, look, you're going to get these, but you're going to get what you're going to get. I say, stay that way. Also be prepared to be by yourself, right? Be okay with that. Be okay when people don't want to be around you. Cause some of y'all are saying to people, I don't care if I'm by myself. And then when you get by yourself, I sure wish I had somebody. Nope. Keep that same energy, right? Keep that same energy. But I digress. We did not come here to fuss anybody out today. We just came to give a word, right? We just came to have a conversation, which is what we do here at Conversations with Toy. But sometimes it goes there, right? People be doing the most. This has been a very interesting week, not only just because I haven't been feeling well, not only because May is now here, yay! And if you didn't know, my birthday is on Tuesday, May 10th. I'm excited. I will be 41. I have no shame of telling people my age. Let me tell you, the amount of people that die and don't live to whatever age they may not live to, I'm here for life. So I am grateful for my birthday coming up. And normally I would do a 10-day celebration. It's a little less dryish on this 10-day toybration. I started 10 toybration a couple of years ago. And people were just like, oh, here she goes. She's just counting down to her birthday. It really wasn't just about a countdown. What it really boiled down to was celebrating the things that I wanted to celebrate. And I wanted to do it my way. My name is Toy. So Toy-bration, like a celebration. It's a Toy-bration. I think people need to celebrate their days the way they want to celebrate it. I honestly believe that. Listen, life is short. 41, that's the midpoint. That's that midlife. You know, people have the midlife crises and all that other stuff. But let me just say, for me, I think people have the right to have their birthdays be their day. I honestly believe we're all entitled to this one day that is exclusively ours. And in that day or days or however long you choose to celebrate, I feel like a lot of people do and give you things that don't have nothing to do with the things you like, right? I think you should start getting to know people when you're giving them a gift to know what it is that they may like, what it is that they want. Stop just throwing these gifts together because it's really irritating when you get something that you know you never will use or you really don't like. And although I'm grateful for the for any, I've never had a bad gift, so I've actually never been given a bad gift. But I've seen people give like the most horrible gift. I don't I don't understand that. All I have to say is that gift giving is 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 about the person. And for me with Toybration, I'm able to celebrate those ten days my way. I go and eat the foods that I want. I go and enjoy my snacks that I love. I go to different events that I want to go to in those 10 days. And I feel fulfilled in that. Now, you may not agree with a 10 day. I know people who celebrate their birthday all month. Y'all don't give people an ecstatic about a whole month. 
but y'all want to come down on me on Sundays. Oh, Lord, make it make sense. Listen, it's your day, however you want to celebrate your month, however you want to celebrate it, your couple days, whatever you choose. Birthdays should be celebrated. Birthdays are major. Growing up, I don't know. I don't think I had, our birthdays weren't all that great. And it wasn't like, and let me not say all that great because I know my parents may be listening, but there's been plenty of years where I was just like, Ugh. you know, like I can say that now as an adult and not to disparage them or anything, but like, mm, it wasn't given. And so that's another reason for my toy vibration. I want my day to be a day where like, you know, as a kid, you go to bed and you, you wake up with this anticipation. I remember the one year we moved into our house. And again, I understood, you know, as an adult now, but as a kid, I didn't understand it back then. So I actually didn't like birthdays as much then because I didn't really see the value in it. The one year that we woke up from our birthday, our parents had just bought us a house and again, from a child's perspective, you don't care about a house. Like you're wanting to be celebrated. And they went and they got two cupcakes from like Turkey Hill, like store near us and put a candle because I'm a twin and they put a candle in and they just kind of blew it. And that was kind of it. And I know they were supposed to like later on celebrate. I don't ever remember going back and getting a gift, but that stuck out in my brain. Like you know, as a parent now, obviously, you know, you, you want your kids to be better. So obviously for my kids, they don't have that. Like they wake up and the house is completely decorated. They have gifts. We don't always do parties just because, you know, parties are parties. They don't always have to have one, but we still make their day about them. Meaning they get to select the restaurant that they eat, that we eat at. They get to select the activity that we do, like making it about them, learning for them to celebrate their day the way that they want. And I don't knock my parents because again, I don't, you know, as an adult now, I can understand when the money is funny, right? You can understand that. I can understand when things ain't aligning or when you're trying to save your coin or you don't have enough coin to save. Like I understand that as an adult, but as a child, I didn't understand it. And I know people say you'll understand it better and the by and by. I definitely understand that now, but as I grew up, it was like a damper in my mind that birthdays were just like, uh you know, and I never liked it. I just didn't like that year. I didn't like that year that that went down. And I don't really feel like the year after, I don't feel like it got extremely better. Like I felt like our birthday was just another day. Um, so as again, it is, it, this is my interpretation, right? My parents may see it differently. They may see like they, they may have used their last of their money to do whatever for us. And then it may come off to them that I'm being ungrateful, I can't change if that's how they feel. I can only go by what I, how I felt at the time. And one thing I've learned in therapy is that my experiences cannot be outshadowed by somebody else, which means that if my parents were doing their best and their best to me didn't look like whatever, I know that that as a parent would feel bad to hear that your child feels as if that you didn't do enough. But I have to be honest. A cupcake with a cut with a candle with no gifts does not necessarily feel like whatever. I know my parents at the time yelled at me and was like, you should be grateful. We bought you this house. But again, as a child, I'm supposed to have my needs met, right? I know this is going to sound ungrateful to somebody. You're supposed to have your needs met. So if a home is something that we need to have, that is something that is necessary. That is not as a child, I should not have to shelter that responsibility. I could understand it. You know, there's been plenty of times that I'm sure my parents didn't have things that they wanted to have. So I don't knock it. I'm just saying that from a child's perspective, a child's perspective, it just wasn't giving. And as an adult, I understand it, right? I understand the sacrifices that they were making. I understand that they were doing the best that they can. So I don't knock it now that I'm an adult. I'm just saying as an adult who now has her own, now she can do the things that she wants to do for her birthday. And that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to grow up and you're supposed to celebrate yourself the best way you can. So I say all of that to say that my birthday will be, it just is gonna be filled with the things that I love. I love flowers, I love gifts, I love those different things. And I'm gonna make sure you know that my family's gonna make sure that I had those things. My friends have been pretty amazing. Oh, I sound so nasally. This last couple of years, just making sure. and. In spite of that, when I got older, even when as a single person, I would then make sure that my birthdays were amazing on my own, rather than, again, that's that going out and doing things that bring you joy. And I think the one day that you should have the most joy should be on your birthday. This is not to knock my parents in any way. 
I can't say this enough. As a parent, I understand what they were doing. As a child, that just wasn't given, right? It just wasn't. And I, it, it is what it is. I can't, there's nothing I can say about that other than it is what it is. So yes, I work a lot. I work hard to make sure that now I'm able to celebrate that day as I see fit. And that's my business, right? I I'm, I'm should, be, should be able to at grown. When you're grown and you're not asking people to finance your birthday, I think you should be able to do the things that you want. If I want to go take a trip and I want to be able to finance that, I should be able to go ahead and do that. If I want to have a girl's week and I want to do those things, I should be able to do that. I have not been in a position to ever ask my parents to give towards anything that I have going on. They don't put many money in my hands to pay towards my bills. I haven't, thank God, knock on all the wood that I haven't felt the need to go back to them and say, I need this or something's wrong. So I feel like I've gotten to the point where I've gotten really grown. And grown doesn't mean that hard times doesn't come. It doesn't mean that you never will fall on hard times. It doesn't mean that you're not capable of having a bad day, a bad month, or that your bills won't look funny and your money is looking raggedy or whatever. It just means that you're able to understand that you're able to take care of yourself. And I think that to me, for me, that is the best thing that I can give myself is stability. My husband is amazing at that, making sure that we have all the things that we need and some of the things that we want. Like that is what everybody is supposed to go towards. So with it being this weekend, going into my birthday, I'm going to have a great weekend because that's just what I'm going to do. And because this voice is not aligning and not doing what it needs to do, the drink of the day is going to be a hot toddy so i will have a recipe for a hot toddy in the show notes because if you're getting sick with these allergies mine is sinus related and i think a little mix of allergies as well a hot toddy is a perfect drink to really get yourself together to get your throat all coaxed and good good to go so that you could do the talking you could do the things but today we have a guest her name is sophia and we're talking about wellness we're talking about mental health and we talk about simple joy what are the things that bring you joy? For instance, like I said, with the birthdays, I go out and find those things that bring out joy. And let me be honest, it's not even about gifts or things. So we're talking about joy. We're not talking about having your money all the time. We're not talking about life being on the up all the time. I've had joy when my life wasn't all the way together. I had to learn to get there, right? You got to learn to get there. You don't wake up like that. You learn to get there because joy is not composite of what you have. It's not it's not brought on by having a lot of money and a lot of resources. Sometimes joy is just knowing that I'm so grateful that I'm here to make another day to get better. Sometimes my joy comes from seeing my kids play without cares in the world, knowing that we have whatever we have on our plate that we're trying to get together. Sometimes joy is just simply seeing them play, right? The couple of weeks ago, we went to um, the Riverbend Environmental Center, which is closer to Philadelphia and Conshohocken. My kids decided to roll down the hill. They decided to skip rocks in a the pond. They were taking a hike. Those are simple joys. To be able to go out and take them to those types of things where it wasn't about us going to a birthday party. They didn't get anything from them. They just were in an environment where they were simply able, able to be. That's joy to me. When I can open up a book and just sit on my couch and read, sipping on my wine, and I don't have anywhere to go, I don't have any demands on my life, I'm just able to simply exist and be, that's a joy to me. So when I talk about joy, when we're talking about joy in today's episode, don't think of joy always having to be connected with money. I'm not saying that money won't make you happy because you're able to get certain things, but you got to have that same level of joy that when you don't have it. Listen, my husband and I have been in some tight situations financially in the past where we probably should have called somebody and asked somebody to help us in certain ways, but we were able to work it out either by him doing, stepping up and working somewhere or me having to pick up another job, whatever it was, we did it together. And I think even in that is a joy, like I'm not glorifying struggle. I'm just saying, don't act like you ain't never been in a struggle, right? But simple joy even when the world is upside down, like it is right now, when things are going left every single moment, we don't know what's happening with Roe versus Wade. And at the time of my recording, just so you're clear, there has only been a leak of it being overturned. And that is detrimental as it is. 
But keep in mind, simple joy is just being able to exist in moments. You may not be able to exist in everything, but just having your moments when you can exist and look around you and count your blessings instead of counting the things that you don't have. That's a joy. For somebody like me who used to live in the depths of negative, when things go wrong and I'm telling my husband, I see what I'm seeing and you see what we're seeing, but let's get together and pray. That's joy. Let's get together and say, God, I'm grateful. That's a joy. Let me get together and just see the peace and see the good in the situation, even though I don't really see it, but I'm going to see it. That is joy to me. I'm talking about me because I know what I was like to just be in negative land, just kind of dwelling, right? You stay there so long, you don't even recognize that it's negative because you think it's normal, but it is. So joy to me looks so much differently than it did when I was, I don't even know. So all I'm saying is just be grateful for those moments because they do exist. Today's podcast is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I personally use Athletic Greens because I don't like taking a bunch of supplements and vitamins. It's something about the pills that I just can't do every single day. And regardless of your lifestyle, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, whatever your lifestyle is, this will be for all. Also, we're all about saving money and it only costs you less than $3 a day. Not to mention, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. So that means five, at least 7,000 other people, including myself, who have used it and know the benefits of it. In addition, right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. That's right, one scoop in a cup of your water that you drink every day. That's it, no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you one free supply, one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first pack purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition. Family, I am so excited to be with you guys one more Friday. We are excited, excited, excited. This is season six. And you know that every season that we have, we always bring in as many guests as possible because I want to have conversations with you that, again, resonate with you, stuff that you can feel. And oftentimes when we bring in people and they talk about their stories, we get so many comments of everybody saying, you know, how much they appreciate that because they don't feel alone. So today is a treat. We have Sophia I'm going to hopefully not butcher her last name, Nelik Aruba um, and Arobo. And she is going to come in and we're going to just chat, like talking about your journey. I think a lot of us forget that our journeys, although at the time feel like the worst thing ever, they're usually in the long run going to help someone else, especially when you're willing to share. So I want you guys to give an amazing warm welcome, welcome to Sophia. Thank you, Sophia. Yay. Thank you so much. I'm super excited. Um, so like you said, my name is Sophia. I also go by Sophie. So it's just kind of easier to say. It's kind of funny when I grew up around my family and friends, I was known as Sophie. But when I went to college, I was like, you know what, this is my real name is Sophia, fresh start. So like everyone in college and beyond knows me as Sophia. So it's funny. But either way, um, I go by either. So um, I am a lifestyle coach, personal trainer, and a podcaster. I'm also a mental health advocate with everything that I do. I always want to bring that into the conversation, whether it's with a client or just someone that I'm just meeting with. And like you said, I feel like it's important to share other people's stories and talk to them because we all can relate in some way and we know that we're not alone in that journey. So it's so great that you bring on as many guests as possible to talk about their story, their struggles. And I feel like our struggles to not only can we relate to other people or other people can relate to us, but also we can connect the dots later on as to the, okay, this is why I went through this struggle. This is what I learned. This is like connecting the dots that way. So it's really cool to reflect back through all of the challenges over time. And you also get to see your growth. I, I think we yes. get the fact that we see our growth. Like when you go back to your first time you've recognized, like you probably had all kinds of things going on, at least that was for me. But the first time you recognize that, okay, something isn't right. And then you take it from that moment to where you are now, although we still have areas to grow in, 
it's a reflection, like a congratulations, like you're doing the things. And that I think people need to hear as well. Like the point that you're at, the place that you're at right now, if this is what you feel is your lowest, you have nowhere else to go but up. And so we have to always encourage people to know that it's always a time that things will turn. It's just that uncomfortableness in the, in, in the journey that's, that people get tripped up on. Yes. And it's like in the, like in the rough times where having that faith that even though it doesn't feel like it's going to come out on, you know, be a positive, or we're going to learn something from it. It's just like having this intuitive knowing that, okay, sometime, yes, I, this is going to be, I'm going to look back. This is going to be a good thing, even though it might not feel like it in the moment. Right. And so share with um, the rest of our, our family, we call them family here, um, about your journey. Like what was the one thing that stuck out to you the most that was like your hardest moment? Because we've had a lot of moments, but what was one of your hardest moments? Yeah. So actually just recently within the past one to two years, actually, um, like you said, we all have, you know, the struggles, the challenges, but the main one was probably about a year ago, maybe a little bit more. Um, I, I didn't see it at the time, but I was hitting a pretty bad burnout with work. But in the midst of that, it was ending a relationship that I feel like I was already out of for like a year, but it was like the actual physical, like leaving the relationship, um, Mm -hmm. with everything that was happening with work, the plus, a friendship relationship that I had going on and me not having boundaries with that relationship. And it was a lot of breakdowns monthly, weekly crying a lot and coming out of that being where I'm at now, looking back, it's like, holy cow, I had a lot of growth from that. And also recognizing that I should have taken more time for myself and set boundaries. So I learned a lot from that, but that was like a huge moment in my growth journey so far. Yeah. Boundaries. I feel like some people don't realize the power of boundaries and how important it is for us to set boundaries. And it doesn't matter what type of relationship. I think we all understand it when you talk about relationships, but we don't understand even in our friendships we have to set boundaries. Sometimes we'll find ourselves doing too much for someone that we're not even cognate that we're noticing that they're doing so little, but we're so used to just giving and giving and doing and doing that we'll find the scale, like the the scale teetering. And before you know it, you'll be mad at yourself because you're like frustrated because you're like, what am I doing here? What's going on? Yes. And then also there's this component of guilty, like feeling guilt because I remember trying to take more time for myself at work. And then also with the friendship, friendship, trying to set a boundary with that. But then I felt guilty because I thought, well, I'm not a good friend. Like what if this ends up badly for him? And then I'm not a good friend. It's placed on me. The blame is on me. And then not doing as good of a job as I want in my work, having guilt behind that too. So that's, that was like, for me too, I went through a lot of that. Yeah. And it's always hard in the beginning. Like once you realize it, then you do start the steps. And again, you said that guilt is overwhelming. And, you know, I even found like sometimes, and when my was starting to set boundaries that I would also recess. So that means I would set these boundaries and then I would go back into the same pattern that I was in because that uncomfortableness of that guilt was too much. And so I would rather just take that guilt off of me by just going back into the same thing, but it's almost like a pig that you wash off and it gets all clean and then it gets back into the mud. You kind of have that moment back and forth of, again, no one wants to feel uncomfortable, right? We want to make decisions and we hope that by our decision-making process that it's just going to stick and we move on. But a lot of times it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I've learned that it's a practice. Like it, like you said, like we go, we get clean, we get dirty, we get clean, we get dirty. And it's just a practice of through it all. So it's a continuous, like a lifelong practice. Yeah. So what has been, have you ever had a moment when you realized that you needed to make this change, but the fear alone just kind of like stopped you in its track, like outside of guilt, outside of knowing, but just this fear of what if it doesn't work? What if it's just me thinking that this is just something that I'm thinking, but it's not the real thing. How does fear play a part in that? 
Yeah, I can remember very vividly. There was a time when I was in my apartment and this was again in the midst of like everything, like just shit just hit the fan. And um, my friend, he, it was, there was a lot going on with that. And I remember being in my apartment, just bawling, crying. And it was kind of like a fear of, not not really knowing what to do or what step to take and then being okay with taking the next step and saying like putting myself first if that makes sense yeah I mean I think not even I think I know oftentimes when we have to put ourselves first is actually one of the scariest things to do too and although we know it's the right thing to do even if we don't know what the outcome, obviously we never know what the outcome is going to be because we're always super concerned about the other person. We're never like in the beginning, you're never concerned about yourself. You're more concerned of what will this person think? Yeah. How will they see me? Uh, do they think that I'm being selfish? And sometimes we have to have those moments because, you know, what's the point of rolling on the, like the hamster wheel of like every day doing the same thing. No, it's not working. No, it's not working. Knowing it's not working, but that fear of acceptance and I want to let everyone know listening that sometimes you're going to make decisions that people are not going to make. It's not going to make sense to anybody but you. And it's scary to think that this is a real possibility, but some decisions you have to make based upon your comfort level and the things that you want for the next, you know, next level. Yeah. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because there definitely like, there is always that fear of judgment from others. Like, Oh, what are they going to think? But really like it, no one's going to know you better than you. No one's going to make the best decision for you. And I mean, you might make decisions that later on are like, okay, well, I could have done this differently, but still like you have to just do what's best for you and know that that is what's best, regardless of what other people are going to think or say. What has been some of the moments that you've on this journey that you've seen the most resistance, like rather that be from other things, other people, yourself, like where have you seen that resistance? Because people may be experiencing the resistant moments and then it makes them again, like I said, go back to the their, their normal way or their way that they're used to because that resistance becomes too much. So what are some examples of resistance? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think for me, it goes back to like feeling the need to do something. Okay. So for example, like with work, um, I would feel the resistance to take care of myself or take a break because I felt like I needed to do something more productive for work or something that's going to move my business along or something that is going to benefit my clients. So that's like the big main one for me is like just, uh, the guilt of, of doing, of not doing what I feel like would be moving the business along or my work life. Right. Um, another form of example too, for others that are listening, for examples, for resistance is you might have friends who don't understand what you're going through or what you're trying to do. And you may find that they're, they'll say little things. And again, let me just say, a lot of people are waiting for somebody to be blatantly like disrespectful. Um, you may find them too, but oftentimes it's little things that are said. Um, little things that are like, oh, you know, as if you're better than somebody or you're doing something and you're disincluding other people. You may have a spouse that is, you know, not helping you along in your journey. And what I mean by not helping you along is they're not supporting you in the way that you need to be supported. Oftentimes it's because whatever you're doing is highlighting somewhere where they're not. And so you'll find these little conversations, these little wordings that are placed in, in, in around you. And sometimes that too can make people feel like, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you say that, another one I would say is within the workplace, my, um, my boss at the time too, like, I feel like it was never talked about uh, the importance of taking a break or like doing self-care in order to help me be a better manager, leader, person at the gym. Um, that conversation was never had. So then it was like harder for me to then take a break because the opposite was being talked about. So I was like, okay, hey, I got to hustle, hustle, hustle. And then I got to a point where that became the expectation. Right. And do you think now that, you know, now that people are more accepting since the pandemic, people are more accepting of self-care, people are more accepting of breaks and they're understanding mental health and mental wellness now. 
Um, do you believe that's a big change that has helped? Yeah, I think so for sure. And I think that people were kind of forced to take a break too, or they just did it more often. So then they realized the importance of it. And then I feel like more and more people started talking about it. And so then it also became more of like an acceptance. I read something before we came together to talk and it was talking about the the new, for those who were in an office setting, there are people, there's um, organizations, jobs that are trying out um, a four day work um, week. There are people who are trying out, you know, again, keeping a permanent hybrid schedule or companies that are allowing people to work at home altogether because now they see they're able to get more productivity from people when they're in their own environments and et cetera. I mean, there are people who are totally need to be in the office and they just love that whole bringing the office um, mentality. But the other flip is that people are understanding that the excuses that people can't work from home are no longer there. And so it's also allowing people to have freedom to move about, which again, then helps with their self-care. If they're not worried about having to take a kid to a doctor's on Monday because they can just work from home, it helps them to show up on Tuesday and do a more, more dynamic job. Yes, for sure. I think that with a little bit more of that freedom, we're more willing to put in the work instead of since it's kind of like with food, like when we're restricted, we can't have, we tell ourselves we can't have a cookie. We can't have a donut or the chips. Our brain wants more of that. So like in the workplace, when we can't do something, then we want more of that. But when we have that, we have more freedom. We're more willing then to put in more of the work. I hope that made sense. It does. It My does. brain. Okay. Yeah, no, no, it does. And so I think too, I, I, I feel for me, I feel like that's a part of, you know, a work-life balance because we never talked about anybody talked about a work-life balance unless you worked for a wellness company. And then even then, even some wellness companies, they still struggle with, you know, giving their employees and things what they, you know, what we're preaching about, what we're teaching about, what we're telling people about, and then also living that every single day. Not a lot mm -hmm. of people, wellness companies struggle with that as well. Yes. Yes, for sure. I what agree. are some of the ways that you show up daily for yourself when it comes to, you know, again, there's no such thing as a true balance. We're all trying to get in balance often, but what are some of the ways that you show up for yourself to do that? Yeah. So I always in the morning, I have made it more of a routine. Um, it just kind of has become habit now, but I do not look at my phone in the morning. That's number one. That makes a huge impact. If I look at it in the morning, it disrupts everything like my productivity for the day. And also it just, I feel kind of low for the day. I don't feel as good. So that's like number one. And then going on a walk, and I love to do the dishes and clean while listening to a podcast. It's kind of just, it sets the tone for the day. It brings in some positivity, some education aspect, inspiration. And then I will take five, five to 10 minutes, sometimes longer. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, I just need like a minute, but I will sit, close my eyes and just take at least five deep breaths. Um, so I do meditate and uh, I have a little bit of a process that I go through in my brain, but also some days I just need a few breaths, mindful breaths, and that's it. Right. I love that. Um, do you do any movement in the morning? Are you doing movement at night? Like how do you bring that in there? Yeah. So I normally will work out too. After I do that little meditation, I'll go do my workout. When I exercise, it gets me ready for the day. I, yeah, there's so many components to exercise, mental health. I feel better physically. I will eat more nourishing foods. There's so much to it, but that's, that's a huge important part of my routine too. And do you have a routine for nighttime as well? Yes and no. I used to a lot more, but not as much anymore. Um, but it's so important too, like getting yourself ready to sleep. Um, I try not to also look at my phone uh, before bed. Sometimes I'll watch TV or like a show before bed, but I noticed that if I watch more shows before bed, my eyes hurt the next day. I'm more tired. Doesn't feel as good. One thing that I still do every now and then, and I did a lot, uh, about a year ago, maybe a little bit less than that was take a bath every single night, take a bath phone away. I would put on maybe some meditation music or, um, or like a guided meditation, but what I would do, this was so powerful for me because this was also in the middle of my kind of rock bottom-ish. Right. I would put the uh, water in, bubbles, whatever, 
candle, turn the lights off. And I would leave the door open just a little bit. So there's a little bit of light, but I had my candles. I would shut the curtains. And what, what that did for me mentally was I envisioned, okay, anything outside of those curtains does not matter. My work, any struggles that I have, the mental battles, like nothing. I'm in this bath and it's just this like rectangular safe space. And not only did it help me sleep, but it put me in a calming state, a um, better place mentally. So that's like the number one thing that really helps me in that time of struggle. I like those examples. Um, and if you're listening, if you if you're just tuning in, we're sharing, she's sharing, Sophia sharing some of her things that she would do either in the morning routine or some things that she's done at night. I do believe in having some aspects of a morning and a nighttime routine because I feel like we don't set our day enough. We kind of just get up and move. For me, because I have kids, I get up before them and I try to get my myself together, get my mind right. Um, I do listen to um, podcasts first thing in the morning. If it's nothing but the seven minutes um, podcast that everybody has seven minutes. So I listen to that. And again, like things like journaling, um, there was some, you can use that as an example. There are, uh, there's uh, so many ways that you can start your morning. Some people have struggled with saying they don't have enough time for breakfast. So maybe getting up and preparing a breakfast to take with you for the day or preparing these things at night, that could be a part of your nighttime routine where you set your, your more, you know, your next day meals together and your snacks. And if you're going into the office, you're packing that up. Or even if you're staying at home, you have them all together so that you'll know this is the, the meal for the, you know, for my next day. I really believe that it's all about intention and it's really just helping you to focus yourself. And so, and, and, and when people hear about mental wellness, we have to also look at it that mental wellness helps us with our whole body. You know, getting our mind together will help us to eat better, to, you know, drink the things that we need to drink, to work out and move. These are all things that work together to make us better. Yes, for sure. And I love that you said uh, that like doing stuff the night before to prepare us for the next day. When we do that, then you're setting yourself up for success. You're setting yourself up for a productive day and just uh, more um, organized and just, you know, you're more ready to go. And that is huge. And in the morning, I know people a lot of times too, I hear, you know, in books and podcasts, people talk about this whole long morning routine and some people do that and it works for them and they have the time. That's awesome. But if you're someone who you're super busy, it's okay to not have, you know, a a huge long morning routine. You could put on a podcast when you're driving to work, if that's, you know, and just taking a couple moments after you wake up to not look at your phone, to say an affirmation or just take a couple of mindful breaths. Um, it, it can be like one or two things. It doesn't have to be a whole long list. Yes. I'm glad you said that. Cause some people do get caught up in like, Oh, I heard so-and-so say that they're doing it this way. You have to also remember, you have to do what's comfortable and what's going to work for you. Because if you try to do something that somebody else is doing, just like they're doing, if it's not for you, it won't stay. If it's for you, it will stay. You'll have the ability to continue doing it as a, in a repetition and not just because you're in repetition mode, but because it becomes more natural. And I feel like these suggestions that you're hearing are only suggestions. Make sure I've always said to make sure you do what works best for you. Even when we're talking about things like therapy, there's a thousand and one different types of therapy. There's different things you could do. There's all kinds of things you can bring in like acupuncture. There's all kinds of ways to get yourself within your wellness goals. And so you have to be willing to try something and see if you like it by taking the suggestions somebody gives, seeing if you like it. And then if you like it, incorporating into your daily routine. Yes. Experimentation is huge. Being willing to experiment. And if something doesn't work, don't be mad about it and frustrated, but you can now say, okay, I now know that this doesn't work for me. I'm going to try this next. And I remember I had someone once tell me that they do something. I don't know if it was a morning routine or a nighttime routine. They did something specific. And I think I put something up on my stories for something that I did, but it wasn't the norm. Like no one really did it. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so glad you said that because I do something that no one else does, but it works for me. And so if that's you, it's totally okay. If there's no one else is doing that, if it's working for you, keep doing it. Yeah. There was a young lady that I had spoken to, not on the podcast, just in general, but she has this, um, 
it was like one of those adult, like I believe like there's the different things. And I even use like adult coloring books to sit down and color because you can just sit down and like take that time out. And she would say, that's how she started her morning. So she would have her coloring book next to her bed and she would just start, you know, maybe a half a sheet in the morning and then finish the other half at night. I mean, there's literally a thousand and one ways to achieve wellness. There's a million different ways to achieve bringing in elements of peace. I've always just been encouraging for people to just try them out, see what works. And when you find what you love, it'll be super easy again to incorporate it into your everyday yes. life. Yes. Yes. And it, if you like it, you enjoy it. Like you said, you're going to keep doing it. It's going to be sustainable and that's what matters. Right. And even with being like physical, like some people think you have to go to the traditional gym or you have to be a yoga person that's about yoga every single day. I have a friend that works out in her basement. And then on Sunday she does yoga. Like I've, there's go, I mean, there's like a thousand one things that you don't have to do yoga. It could be just a simple meditation that, that gets you together. It could be, again, you could take a class of something that you've always wanted to do since you were a kid, like a, a beginner's ballet class. Like you can do so many different things or even include a hobby that is resonates with you. Like, it's just about finding your thing. Just like when you have to find your tribe, you have to also find your thing, find your thing that works for you. Find how it makes you happy and what brings you joy. I think we forget about the fact that we're already complex humans. We have to find the things that bring us real joy, that make us smile when everything has gone left. We still have to find ways to have that joy. Yes, for sure. I always love going back to joy because it, yeah, I just, I feel like as humans, one of our purposes, like as a collective and individuals is to have joy, to incorporate joy, to find joy in all that we do. And that just help like elevates the human experience. Yes. And if you're here and you're listening and you're saying, I can't find joy because I can't see to joy because I have so many things that I'm trying to work out. What I would suggest, and when I was in such a, like this, I wouldn't even say it was a horrible place, but I was struggling with seeing the joy. For me, this only worked for me. I used to download or look at the um, national holidays. And a lot of people just thought that I was um, doing that for the meaning of just to find out what the national holidays were. But I was using that to find that there was a simple joy in every single thing that we do, whether that's, you know, the national whatever day, you could find something on those national holidays for that day to find something in happiness. That was something so simple, but it was the beginning of me looking for that joy. So even when you can't find it, if you're in the mindset of looking for it, you'll get there. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so, that's pretty unique. And it is simple. And I feel like we try to overcomplicate things because life can be hard, but we tend to look for the hard things. Or we think that if something doesn't cost money or it's not expensive, then it doesn't, it's not valuable. Um, or that we have to like pay for something to have it be valuable when really it's just the simplest things that can uh, make all the difference. That is so true. And we always like to end each each opportunity to speak with someone, what are the things that you have either done or are doing that contributes to your personal self-care? So every morning, the meditation, for sure. Um, the exercise, eating foods that I know are going to be nourishing to my body that I know make me feel good, but also eating foods that give me joy that aren't as nourishing, but I love. I love cookies. I love brownies. So like having a cookie every now and then and not restricting myself, like that brings me joy. That contributes to my mental wellness, my headspace. And then reading every, I try and read once a week. I'll sit down on Sundays, take a couple hours and read. And just knowing that the time where I'm maybe not doing something that's productive for my business, like physically, if I'm just taking a break, that is contributing it is productive. And so it's also the mindset of it all too, that helps to contribute to all of that. Those are like kind of, yeah, all the kind of the main things there. I love that. And I want for those who are listening to find that one or two activities. And I always tell everybody every weekend, every day, really, you need to find out the one thing that you can do that will, you know, settle you. You need those 10 to 15 minutes. When I, when I, people say their schedule was busy and I understand that because my schedule is all over the place all the time, but I'm still finding ways 
whether that is, um, you know, reading a magazine that came in the mail, you know, we get those magazines that come and then they just kind of pile up and they're not even open, like taking those five minutes to read a magazine. Uh, when my kids go down, sometimes it's just a simple enjoying a snack that I don't have to share with all the little hands that are coming out. Um, those are ways to, in, and to enjoy self-care. Taking a walk, for me, sitting outside on my porch, you know, people watching or just watching the birds do what they're doing is, is a form of self-care. You said something about your snacks. I will go to Starbucks when I'm having one of those crazy days and I will get a Starbucks and listening to a podcast without anybody and just take that drive because I go to the one that's probably like, 30 minutes away. And so just taking that quick drive is a form of self-care. Yes, for sure. And then two other things too, that came to mind. One of them is when I worked at a gym and my, my schedule was jam-packed back to back all day, morning to night, there were times when I, I would have maybe like two minutes, three minutes, less than five minutes in between appointments. I would go outside, no phone, either take a walk or sit on the steps that were right outside and just look around, become mindful, and then just take some deep breaths and then go back in. So it was only a couple of minutes, but that really helps to just uh, refresh me a little bit. And then also the social media thing is huge. I know I said that before, but taking, if I'm like scrolling mindlessly on my phone or I'm texting, whatever, sometimes I'm like, ah, no, stop, put the phone down, turn it over airplane mode. That's self-care too, is just giving yourself you time versus everyone else your time by looking at everyone else's stuff. Right. So this weekend, I want everyone that's listening to this podcast for this week, I want you to take the time this weekend to do one or two items this weekend that are exclusively for you. This means something that is only you're going to enjoy. That means you may not be able to get your spouse, a cousin, a friend that may want to join. It's something you love, something that you like, and don't overcomplicate it. This is not something where we're going out and spending a thousand dollars on this is something that can be done in the confines of your home. I want you to find one activity that you can do at your home. And if you have the opportunity to do one activity where you're leaving your home to do something, that's for you do it. But I want us to get used to learning to find joys in our own spaces. Um, sometimes we, again, we want to spend the money because of course, you know, we are spend money people, but I want us to take the time to find one thing we can do in our home, in our own spaces that can bring us joy and that contributes to our self-care. One activity, nothing major, one activity. And I will leave some examples of a few things in the show notes, but I want us to do that so that we get used to it. I say every time I do a blog, like I do a Friday recap and every Friday recap blog, I say, find something for you to do that you enjoy for yourself, something that's going to fuel you do that. Yep. And know that it's like, that's okay to do it. It's okay to take that break and, um, and reflect too on how it made you feel and how it maybe shifted your mood or attitude and just kind of take notice on how it, how it made you, how it made you feel. Absolutely. Well, Sophia, we are so happy to have you here with us and you're welcome to come back anytime. I do feel we're going to have you back to talk about some other topics, but I'm so grateful to have you here with us so that we could talk to you about the joys and self-care and, and wellness, because again, we all need that simple reminder. We really do. Thank you so much. I, I could talk hours about on yeah, this stuff, anything mental wellness, physical wellness, all of this. And it's just a great reminder. And anything that if some one person is listening and it helps them, that's like all that I care about. That's that's my, my thing. I want somebody listening to say, oh, you know what? I need that reminder. I needed that right there. And then that helps to open up an area for them in their life. I'm here for all of that. Yes, yes, for sure. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.